0: Welcome to Her Journey Podcast, where we talk with incredible, talented, and powerful women about their experiences. My name is Aline, and I'm your host, and today I'm joined with Archika, the founder of Innoverge. All right, so yeah, I'd love to first kind of give you the opportunity to share a little more about who you are. Of course. Thank you so much
1: for having me. So um, as you mentioned, my name is Archika. I am going to be starting my sophomore year of university at Princeton just this upcoming week. And super excited for that. I'm planning on majoring in computer science there. And as you mentioned, I'm the founder of Interverge, which is a global nonprofit organization tackling the issue of inequity in STEM education through interdisciplinary
0: programming. Great, thanks so much. Yeah, so. I mean, obviously, you are someone incredibly accomplished, and I know you do a lot, especially related to just kind of serving your community and working with tech. So before we kind of get into all of the work and the projects that you do or have done, I would love to kind of know where your journey with technology began and what those specific interests in the STEM field are for you. Mm
1: -hmm, Definitely. So my journey with tech actually began in kind of a weird way. So I wasn't always into science and technology. In fact, I remember in middle school, I was very much more of a humanities or social sciences kind of kid. I tried a little bit of computer science and tech Mm -hmm. and things like that, um, simply because I grew up in Seattle. So there were definitely a fair amount of resources here and there to kind of dabble in those fields. But I always was kind of, I I don't know, I was a little bit disillusioned with it because Mm a lot of the classrooms that I would find myself in were Heavily male-dominated, and a lot of the projects that we would work on were also not really oriented to everyone's liking. In that, you know, I'd be working on like race car games, which I personally had no interest in. So I wasn't really sure that tech was a place for me. So I ultimately found that passion at an all-girls summer research program at Stanford University the summer after my freshman year. And that was a really amazing experience because it combined artificial intelligence with social impact and was a super inclusive and diverse environment, which was awesome for me because I had previously not really experienced that. Um, And to be in a position where this resource is so accessible and welcoming and also inspiring with the work that we were able to do during that program really made me realize that tech was a place where my narrative fit in and i could work on a lot of different problems and social issues that i was passionate about through the lens of science and technology so that's kind of where it all got started in a positive light and as for what my interests are it's definitely technology at the intersection of social equity and social impact Um, and i'm also super into women's advocacy as well both from a technological and community service standpoint
0: Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I think like a pattern I've noticed talking to like different women on my podcast is that lots of the time their interests change over time. So it's really Mm -hmm. cool that you, you know, started really pursuing STEM later on in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, Was there like a role model who was in the STEM field and really influenced your interest or your motivation for pursuing STEM? Yeah, no, that's a really
1: good question. Um, And almost like one of the hardest questions I feel like I've had to answer because (laughs) I don't know if I can pinpoint a single person that made me think, oh, wow, cool. Like, this is the reason why I want to go into STEM. But I think if I had to choose a person who really stood out to me during this journey, it would definitely be the professor who ran that summer program at Stanford. Um, The summer program's name is Stanford AI for All, in case anyone is interested in checking it out. I think they have a lot of programs in different universities now as well. But her name is Professor Fei-Fei Li, and really, really incredible woman. I think she um, immigrated from China. She spent a lot of her college experience. uh, She actually went to Princeton as well, but she worked uh, at her parents' laundromat along with studying and doing really well in school and, you know, breaking a lot of barriers as both an immigrant, a woman in STEM, and someone who is a pioneer in the field of computer vision, which is detecting different images. A lot of applications that we use now. So I think she's A role model in the sense that not only is she incredibly successful and a pioneer in many aspects but she took the time to take a step back and be like how can i increase accessibility and this love for science and technology from a social impact perspective for other young girls from around the world who may have not had you know super um great experiences with this field beforehand so i think that to me is really inspiring and i would definitely call her a role model
0: Mm -hmm. yeah nice that's awesome Um, And I know, like, you kind of talked a lot about, you know, your specific interests in STEM, um, especially coming from this program that you attended. And so what would you say, like, currently, um, you know, interests you most about the tech world and STEM? And what would you say is just the, the most interesting part of it all or your favorite part of it all?
1: Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a few. I think one of them is definitely user-facing technology. So something that I realized that I really like to build over the past few years is technology that, you know, people are actively working with and interacting with. So a lot of the times you can see this manifesting as... Web applications or mobile applications, or even things like virtual reality. Um, I think they're all super cool because ultimately what you produce is being interacted with intimately by other humans. So I think that's very, very cool. Um, I think also on that note, I really found a liking for entrepreneurship. Um, you know, working on Interverge was a form of social entrepreneurship, definitely, but I think joining. Um, different organizations in college I realized that there's so many different ways to engage in technology and have a lot of agency over the products that you're building so that's also something I'm currently looking into but those are a few of the things that I think have been really fun to work on in the past and also that I'm looking forward to exploring more of in the future
0: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and and what about what? Um, kind of like inspires you to really serve your community because I know that in addition to all the work that you do in STEM and um, you know like you said in entrepreneurship you also do just a lot of community-centered work or work that serves others and so I would love to kind of get to know the motivation behind that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah I think a really nice way to sum it up would be that you know negative experiences can catalyze positive change so I think going on this journey of having not so great experiences. Um, with the fields of like science and technology and just educational spaces in general. But then having that second chance or that opportunity to reshape or reorient that part of my life was really meaningful to me. And I realized that not a, long, a lot of young people have that. Like, not everyone's gonna find a program um, somewhere in a different state that they can attend that's like scholarship funded and all these different things. Cause a lot of times these sorts of programs or opportunities are hidden secrets, especially for students who come from low income backgrounds or underrepresented or underserved um, areas, especially within my community. So I I thought that was really important to kind of bring those resources and that second chance back home to students that I grew up around who didn't have the same opportunities. So, you know, my community service started off very, very small scale. It was, Mm -hmm. I co-founded this local project with um, two other girls and we worked with just 5 students at a local community center every single wednesday morning bringing hands-on stem experiments and workshops to them for free and so we were integrating it already into a pre-existing institution that was working with students in need and it was at a very small scale and that was probably one of the most you know fun projects that i've worked on because You become more than just a teacher to these students, you become a friend, you can become a mentor, uh, you become a support of some kind. And they also, you learn a lot from them as well. I think um, just their authenticity and their genuine curiosity was something that motivated me as well quite a bit. So that's why community service really matters to me. It's because you get to be on the ground, you get to work with people, you get to learn from their stories, Um, you get to understand your position in the world a lot more intimately. Uh, You have a better understanding of who you are, how you can help others, how others can help you. And what kind of impact you can make, not only in the short term, but also in the long term. So that's been one of the primary reasons why I was inspired to really serve my community, but still am because it's always a very, very fulfilling experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Definitely. Um, I especially love what you said about mentorship. I know in my personal experience, I've also really loved, um, you know, being, being able to just kind of learn from my students as well, in addition to teaching them. So mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. And so, kind of focusing more on Innoverge, I can know you gave like a little bit of insight into that. Um, And I know that Innoverge is like a really big part of what you do. So, can you kind of talk about, you know, the projects or the work that you do at Innoverge or, you know, just any other types of maybe events that you've held, just anything of that sort? Yeah, of course. So, for context, I think I briefly mentioned this, but Innoverge is a STEM
1: education equity nonprofit. And we've worked in over 14 countries, 54 chapters, and impacted around 6,700 young students, primarily from underrepresented and underserved backgrounds worldwide. So, in terms of some of the program that we've held, we've held over 250 free workshops, camps, and events to date, mostly in person, but obviously with COVID, we had to pivot to a virtual context as well. And some of the programs that we've held. Um, or actually a, a large amount of them are STEM X humanities oriented. So kind of paralleling that journey that I had where I was really interested in the intersection of STEM and social sciences and humanities and how they interacted with each other. I wanted to bring that same interdisciplinary and inclusive narrative to classrooms as well through redefining what conventional STEM education really looks like for these students from minority backgrounds. So some of the workshops we've held have included a Computer Science X Entrepreneurship Camp over the summer um, for a week. Or we partnered with Microsoft and held four workshops at their headquarters um, I think in 2019 or so. And those were centered around STEMX Sports, STEMX um, Fashion, STEMX Entrepreneurship, and STEMX Security. So a lot of different interdisciplinary intersections are what we like to explore. And for original directors, so our chapters across the world, how that really works in terms of programming is that we provide them with micro grant funding, curriculum, and logistical support and mentorship to run interdisciplinary workshops in their communities as well. So anything from STEMX, political science, um to you know stemx theater there's so many different like amazing and cool ways that you can promote stem education for young people so that's what a lot of our programming looks like we really want to capture and embrace um the intersection of science technology engineering and math with leadership empathy um ethics and storytelling to ultimately build a future generation of very well-rounded and diverse leaders that are going to be working and building uh on the new
0: products and initiatives
1: of the future
0: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that sounds really, really cool. Uh, Was there something in your life, like maybe an event or circumstance that you felt really pushed you to start InnoVerge specifically? Because it really seems like you have a lot of these amazing projects and work going on. And I think that's so incredible. And I would love to kind of understand, you know, just if there was maybe like a moment that really um, sparked this idea to start this nonprofit. Yeah,
1: that's a really good question. And I remember it started off, you know, as I mentioned, that small community program, I had no intention of really starting a big nonprofit or anything like that. But Mm -hmm. I think what made me realize that the resources and the experience that I had could be valuable to other young leaders who wanted to start similar projects in their community was that summer at Stanford, where I mentioned the community work that I was doing just to a couple of girls, and they were a lot more excited about it than I thought they'd be. They feel like, that's so cool. Like, how can we do that? Um, How do you get started? And I realized that, you know, there's a really, you know, there's a, a, there's a systematic way that I can put these resources into place and aid other people in their journeys to bring STEM and social impact into their communities as young students who are just in high school. So that's how Interverge really started and started expanding and growing. And I think what also that, a moment that really helped us get off the ground was winning our first grant from Disney and Youth Service America. And from then on out, we've had a lot of really amazing supporters and funders, and it wouldn't be possible without them. So that very much aided in our journey of growth and expansion. And I think um, that time period from that summer camp to getting that first grant was very pivotal for the birth of InnoVert, mm-hmm. if I put it like
0: that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, sounds amazing. Um, and I know you mentioned, like, you didn't expect it to grow this much and, you know, it kind of started out as a small project. Um, but when you decided like this was going to be something a little bit bigger, you really wanted to start expanding it. Did you find it challenging at first to kind of kick this initiative off? Um, and would you say like maybe there were any obstacles at all that you faced while even leading in a verge? Yeah, definitely. I think the
1: biggest obstacle that I faced was because of the organic nature of the growth of the organization. Um, Again, if you're kind of starting something without having that, you know, a larger sort of vision in place, you're not really setting the pillars or the safeguards in place to ensure that things run smoothly when it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So, there were definitely growing pains involved. And I think the biggest one was just building a team for a lot of the, I guess, for three years out of the four years that I've been running the organization. I didn't really have much of a team around me. A lot of the work that I was doing when it came to expansion and growth and outreach and funding and all these different things really solely were concentrated in my own work. And, you know, it's fun, and it's nice, and you feel like you, you can really control the vision of the organization a lot. But at the same time, it really helps to have other people supporting you and working alongside you. So I really noticed that as a big problem. Um, and so I think In 2020, we relaunched the organization and built an entirely new executive team from scratch. And so now we have, you know, around like eight to 10 students from around the country who all have dedicated positions and roles in our executive team leading these international efforts. And it's such an amazing dynamic. People, we work together so well, and it's just been really incredible to watch that sort of growth in terms of structure and internal capabilities, because it was super, super fun for those three years where it was just really me a lot of the time, but also it was very (laughs) overwhelming. And I knew that going into college, um, I would need to find that sort of support system around me of people who are equally passionate about the mission to achieve the goals that I wanted to achieve with InnoVerse. So that's been really awesome. And now with this new executive team, I actually, I've been working with this one girl for the past four years, actually one of our first regional directors back in 2017 and this summer, she's going to be taking over as the executive director. Um, and I'll still be on the team as an advisor and a founder. So it's very amazing to know that I, I have someone who I can trust with a project because I've been able to work with them in such uh, such a large capacity.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, everything you're doing sounds really amazing. And that sounds really exciting as well. Um, in your time leading Interverge, would you say there was like a favorite project, event, or story from... You know, just working with um, like all the projects that you've been carrying out that was just really memorable for you? Yeah, uh,
1: that's also such a good question because there's so many. Um, I think one that really stands out to me is I mentioned our Computer Science X Entrepreneurship Camp. So uh, that was a local thing as part of the organization that I held in Seattle for 30 girls from around this area to come for a week uh, to a local technical community college to learn about computer science and entrepreneurship and apply technical knowledge within their community through um, pitching an app at the end of the day or at the end of the week um, that was focused on addressing some sort of problem or issue that they had seen um, you know, growing up in this community. So I think that was a really fun experience, just sitting there on the last day. So the last day is pitch day. So I'm just sitting there and all these girls who are you know sixth through eighth grade are presenting these prototype applications that they've been building over the past week with so much confidence and passion and enthusiasm and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking I'm like wow I didn't even do this like this is their own talent and their own merit and their own curiosity that's really fueling this like I just gave them you know a platform or you know maybe the resources to to expand upon things that they were already that they cared about or that they were good at or that they really enjoyed and so that made me feel, you know, it was very like, I felt very humble. <laughs> and then that circumstance, I was like, wow, this is really awesome. There's some really amazing, young, curious minds that are going to grow up one day. And alongside me, because I'm not, you know, that much older than them at all, maybe just like two or three years at that point, are going to be leading really cool projects. And to kind of see the, the start of that or the spark, the initial spark for a lot of those girls in that sort of part of their life, because a lot of them aren't really thinking about Technology or building or whatever, because they're so young, like they should be going and enjoying their life anyways, playing outside, things like that too. But to know that that was, um, you know, now taft potential that I was seeing in front of me was a very fun experience. So I think that'd be something that I really remembered. It was over the summer of maybe 2018, 2019, before COVID hit, uh, mm-hmm. basically. But yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think whenever you see the impact that you're making directly, it's always like a mm-hmm. really incredible feeling. So. Definitely agree with you there. Um, is there like maybe a lesson or two that you learned from running Interverge that you feel, you know, just might be pretty important for youth to know or hear about whether that's related to leadership or related to serving others or even STEM?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my, the biggest lesson that I learned uh, and I think I was thankfully on the better side of this lesson was to be willing to put your 100% into something that you really, really care about because there's gonna be times where it's a lot of work or there's some sort of conflict that you're just unable to fathom how you could possibly get over it. But if you are so dedicated to the mission and by 100%, I don't mean dedicate 100% of your life to it. Not at all. Like this can definitely just be you know, one part of your life because there's so many things to enjoy and do. But if you're 100% into it and you're 100% committed to the mission and the idea and the vision that you have for it, that will help you get through a lot of the difficulties um, and the rejections that you'll get. You know, you'll want to work with certain organizations or community centers at the beginning. There was a lot of no, 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 you're so young. You're so, How would you know about working with young students? What would you know about STEM education sort of thing? Um, So it's definitely, it's definitely a process, but I think if you have that like 100% level of commitment and passion for it, it really pulls you through and pulls you out of any sticky situations or, any hardship or any of the growing pains, honestly, because that's probably the biggest thing you'll you'll get if you're if you're scaling an organization. So that would be probably my number one piece of advice. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think whenever you're taking on a project like this, you'll definitely come across challenges. So, you know, finding motivation behind why you're doing it, just remembering like why you started in the first place is really, really important. So, yeah, Absolutely. Um, And in addition to Interverge, from kind of like what I know about you, you've done a lot of really other interesting um, and incredible like tech experiences, and you've pursued a lot of different opportunities. And so I think it would be really cool to kind of hear about some of your favorite experiences, like maybe internships you've done, um, research opportunities, or fellowships you've done as well.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. So let me try to break this down. Um, I'll do internships first, and then maybe like fellowships as well. So mm-hmm. for internships uh, throughout high school, so the summer after Stanford AI I for All, I interned for NASA at the um, first slash middle part of the summer. And then I wrapped up the summer doing some research with the University of Washington, which is my local university here at a machine learning lab. And those both were like Very very fun experiences for NASA. I got to go to Texas, actually live there for a few weeks and work with a team of students, other um, three other students from across the country on a flood response web application completely from scratch. So you're talking zero lines of code to something fully functional that you're demoing to NASA scientists, engineers, and other interns by the end of the internship. So that really taught me a lot about getting your hands dirty and learning things on the fly. I had a lot of um, I, I didn't have a lot of prior experience to the technology that I was working on before the internship. So I really loved that experience. And then University of Washington was also very nice in that, you know, it was more of a research-oriented um, experience. And you can see how the dynamic is so different from, you know, a normal internship to research where they have a lot more control and agency over what they're working on and the structure is super different. So being able to see that contrast that summer is really fun. And then my senior year of high school, I worked for a startup. Uh, in the Seattle area called Sensoria Health, which is building wearable technologies to better aid rehabilitation efforts for patients who, you know, if they have diabetic foot ulcers or if they have a knee injury, how can we embed sensors or technologies so that doctors can track the rehabilitation progress um, when those patients are at home and they're not directly in contact and make sure that that process uh happens faster because a lot of the times you know your doctor gives you like this is what you should do and this is what you shouldn't do and wear your brace like this and do the, these many exercises every day and then if you don't do that you come back two weeks later and you're kind of back in square one so rehab can take a lot of time especially physical rehabilitation um so being able to do software development for that on their mobile and web applications along with some hardware testing was really fun and then this past summer was also a very very fun experience so I was able to intern for this startup called CityTaps, which is actually based out of Paris, France. So sadly, I was supposed to go in person, that was the original plan, but obviously COVID totally threw that, you know, <laughs> threw that even prospect away. So I took it, I did the internship from New York City, which is not a bad alternative, um, but I did it remotely. And CityTaps is a social impact oriented tech startup based out of Paris that builds uh, smart water, meter sensors and other hardware and software technologies to bring clean affordable and accessible water to poor urban households in developing countries so that's quite literally tech for social good and being on the software development side of things at that organization was also a very very fun experience the time zone difference was definitely crazy like their work day on the west coast so when i'm usually in seattle their workday would end um at eight a m, my time. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh gosh, there's no way I can wake up and have my brain be fully functional to to work during their hours. But even then they were so flexible and so kind about it. So it was a fun experience. Um, so that's a little bit about internships, I think. Definitely had the opportunity to explore a lot of different kinds of companies and organizations and figure out what I liked and didn't like. And as for fellowships, one thing that you know community service and tech for social impact is really, provided me in a personal sense is travel. I've been able Mm -hmm. to go to a lot of different conferences and organizations and fellowships that have been really incredible life-changing experiences, whether it's in New York City or the Bay Area, or even internationally abroad in like Panama or Qatar, which is a country in the Middle East. So I think I can't even choose a favorite because I think they're so distinct, but I think I learned something through these fellowships that like one door opens countless other doors if you're, you know, looking to go through the next door. So there's so many people you'll meet and opportunities you'll get that'll help you scale the impact that you make uh, through these fellowships because all the people at these fellowships want to see you make an impact and do good. And honestly, that was a very inspiring environment to constantly go back to. You know, maybe I'd miss a week of school here and there, but it'd be honestly more worth it. I feel like I learned more those weeks than I did in the classroom at times staying in school. So Really good experience but yeah that's a little bit of what i've done um outside of just community service but more tech oriented as well
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah awesome that's amazing yeah thank you so much for sharing and i know you you've obviously done like a variety of a lot of different types of internships with different types of companies you've done a lot of different fellowships as well um and i know you actually talked a little bit about kind of um, the way you were able to find these opportunities, such as through networking. But do you have any like specific advice for maybe high school students or just youth in general to find opportunities like those and just gain that hands-on experience similar to uh, what you got through the work that you've done in the past? Um, I'm especially really curious about your experience with NASA and Google and just all these different uh, fellowships, especially because I think that's seriously incredible, especially at such a young age.
1: Definitely. Yeah, I think... The one thing that people kind of forget about networking is that you have to start, like you start off with like no network, right? Cause you're starting off <laughs> from zero. Um, maybe your network is like your family and friends, which is can sometimes be really helpful, but if they're not necessarily in the space that you want to go into, or they're not engaged in like similar things that you want to do, you kind of have to build that from the ground up. So starting this process of like getting to know people and subsequently opportunities as well, Starts with like cold emailing, cold calling, things like that. So two of the internships that I got were me cold emailing someone associated with the work that was happening, asking, hey, can I just help out and learn um, at the same time? And I really framed it as like, I want to be of help. And then I also see this as a really cool learning experience. And they were super, super like, you're you're not going to get a lot of responses, but the people who respond are taking the time out of their day because they truly want to help you. And they want to see what opportunity they can have. Um, to provide to you. So I think don't be afraid to find opportunities completely on your own. Like you don't need to have an in, you don't need to have a network, you don't need need to know anyone. Um, You know, if you see something online, or if you see a company or an organization that's doing something interesting, and you have some free time this summer, and want to shadow someone or intern or volunteer, uh, take initiative and reach out on your own. Because no one's going to reach out for you. No, one, no that. So no one at that company is going to know, oh, that kid really, really wants to work here, unless you express that explicitly to them. Um, so I think that's really important, just taking that risk. And you know what? The worst thing that could happen is just they don't reply or they say no. And it's not personal because they don't know you. They're only seeing you through an email or through a call. Um, so don't, yeah, don't take that personally. I think rejection is just all part of the process. Everyone, even the most successful people in the world get rejected at least 100 times if not way more uh, within their lifespan so i think yeah that's probably the best way to get started um, that's what really helped me too mm-hmm.
0: yeah absolutely yeah thank you so much for sharing really really helpful tips um especially what you said about rejection i think that is such an important aspect of um you know finding these opportunities to understand um yeah and something i actually like to ask a lot of my guests is how you manage to kind of balance all your activities that you've done um, and I think that definitely applies to you as well, because I can see you are doing and you have done just a lot, um, you know, including school at the same time. And so how are you able to kind of handle this time management aspect of it all?
1: Yeah, that's also a really good question, because honestly, I don't even know if I have a good answer for this or if I have the answer for it. I think if you really enjoy doing things, they kind of just feel like a natural part of your day. The hardest thing. What time management is, is, in my opinion, is trying to figure out when to do things that you don't really like to do, Uh, because that's what you're often putting off. That's what you're often procrastinating on. That's what you're often feeling like you can't find time for, even if there is time for it, uh, just because you simply don't want to do it. So for me, because I think I focused on doing a lot of things that I was really passionate about or happy doing, honestly, it made it really easy. You know, I didn't really need to section off a certain part of my day to work on something because I knew that I would have the urge to work on it. Um, and dedicate enough time to it at some part of my day. So that's one aspect. I think another thing is that, you know, it sounds like a lot, but a lot of these things were also happening at different times of the year. So, for example, like my debate season would be in the fall, and then I would play my sport in the spring, and then over the summer I would do an internship. So it's not like these are all happening at the same time, Uh, thankfully. Otherwise, I would definitely not be able to find 24 hours in a day to do it all. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think that really helped. And I think also another thing is like, Balance is, doesn't just have to do with your activities or your extracurriculars or your school, but also has to do with your personal life. So are you finding time to hang out with your friends, to spend time with family, to really have time for yourself? Sometimes it's nice just to do absolutely nothing or do things that are just not emotionally or mentally taxing at all. And finding those times is also super important for me. So, yeah, I think it's just a combination of I think it's just like three different kinds of responses to that one question but it's Mm -hmm. a combination of all of it because i don't think there's a formula i don't think there's like i can't tell you like there's this calendar system that's really effective to use because i've tried many things some things work some things don't work some things used to work and now they don't work um but i think it's really up to like filling up time with things that you truly enjoy doing Mm
0: -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah especially what you said about how there isn't a formula for this um i think it just really depends on you know, what you're doing and kind of how you want to frame everything that you uh, are passionate about or focusing on. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, kind of focusing our attention more on the present now. um, What are some of the things that you're currently working on or currently doing that, you know, is really exciting for you or that is really new for you?
1: Yeah, let's see. So as I said, I'm going to start my my sophomore year of college next week. And Mm -hmm. something I learned about college is that it's way more time consuming than school, like holistically, because you're living with people and you're eating meals with them. And you have these extracurriculars that you're like, literally going to a building that you live next to to do. And you have classes throughout different parts of the day. And it can be a little bit harder than high school. So I even try to think about like you know where to ded- dedicate my time and how to dedicate my time, but some projects that I'm really passionate about and that I'm actually just picking up is, so my my university has an entrepreneurship club, which is the largest student run organization on campus. So hundreds of students are involved and thousands of students are impacted by the initiatives that the club runs and all the sub teams under it. And um, this year I'm gonna be the president of it. So that's gonna take, it's already taking a lot of time over the summer. Um, it's all fun, so I, I enjoy it. but. I know that's going to be something that i'm really excited to scale in this upcoming year and figure out how we can um start new initiatives or kind of revive the on-campus life through entrepreneurship especially since we're all going back in person for the first time after a while so that's a project that i'm super excited about um obviously always really excited about Interverge. um i'm going to be you know transitioning to that advisory role as a founder and advisor this upcoming year and seeing how i can Really help the organization from a bird's eye view it will be a lot of fun this upcoming year and let's see I think that's mainly the gist of it I'm also really excited to like explore just really random things so I want to go on campus and just try some really random clubs and ones that are just for fun so I think that'll be a lot that'll be a lot of fun as well but those are the main things that I that I'm seeing right now that I have to dedicate a lot of time to and that I'm
0: really excited to dedicate time to as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. That all sounds really, really exciting, and um, I think that's actually a really great place to end today. But before we do, uh, I was wondering if you had maybe any last pieces of advice for youth hoping to either pursue STEM or kind of serve their communities like you have.
1: Yeah. Um, any last piece of advice? Let's see. So, I think one big one would be authenticity. I think that's a really, really underrated value or character trait in a lot of people so make sure that you feel like you're capturing authenticity no matter what you're doing whether it's some sort of outreach or some personal project or you know what you want to major in like make sure it's truly something that represents what you enjoy who you are what you what your goals are for the future for the present whatever it is so just stay authentic true to yourself and i think you'll always be happy in that way because so many people can assign value to so many different things, whether that's, you know, school or like accomplishments or prizes or competitions, stuff like that. But it's so unfulfilling because there's no way that it's like truly your own, right? Like you have to work for someone else or something else to achieve these things. But I think authenticity is really the art of working for yourself. Um, and at the end of the day, you're the only one who can determine how fulfilling that is. So it can be really, really fulfilling if you if you embrace it. And I think that's that's a piece of advice that I have. So no matter what project you're pursuing, make sure that
0: um, it's fun and it's something that you want to do. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Really incredible advice again. Um, and before we completely end the episode, do you have any platforms, websites or social media that you'd like to shout out? Yeah.
1: So you can find me on social media with literally just my first and last name. So, um, at Archika Dogra, Instagram, Facebook, kind of Twitter. I don't really use Twitter that much, but I'm on it. So, um, that's definitely somewhere you can reach me. You can also email me. It's also just my first and last name at gmail.com. So pretty easy to remember. And otherwise, also definitely feel free to check out the Innoverge social media platforms as well. So we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram under Innoverge International. And international is like an acronym. So, InnerVridge, I N T L. That's how you can find us. So, you can also check out our website, which is just innerverge.org. But I think those are the best ways to reach me and then
0: also reach InnerVridge as well. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much again for just being a guest today and just sharing more about yourself um, with the podcast audience. Um, and yeah, thank you so much again. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is a really great time.